0: Man, I don't know about you guys, but I am ready. I just believe—I believe with all my heart—that up until this date, this is going to be the best church service of the year that you're going to experience. <laughs> Nothing like—I mean, I, I heard a little, a little bit, but I haven't seen you guys since last year. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, no, seriously, I'm—I'm I'm excited to share this, but a couple quick. Disclaimers, um, for you real quick. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a new year and all of that. And, uh, typically the temptation for, you know, I think us as pastors and, and all of that is to do a message, how to have the best year, right? How to have your best year, you know, how to live your best life now or something like that. I think there's a book out there about that that you can pick up. Um, but, but I think, I, I think for me today, I just want to get real. And uh, there's going to be some places here where I get a little vulnerable, if that's okay. Probably towards the end, there's going to be some places here where it sounds like maybe I'm um, I'm I'm bashing, you know, different different things or whatever. But I ask that you would hear my heart because I believe, I believe, I believe that if in the next 40 minutes or so, 35 minutes or so, if we'll take the truths that we're going to talk about today, th- it will it will be life changing. It will be life changing. And so we're going to kind of set up. Um, 2019, if that's alright. So, you guys good with that? Alright. If you're not, um, we love you guys and have a great week. But, um, but, uh, but, but let's dive in. There's a movie, um, that, that was pretty popular, at least in my circles, um, when I was, when I was in high school or so. And, and it's a basketball movie. And let me kind of set it up for you. Um, there's, there's this young lady and she's playing, basketball in college now and she goes and she dribbles down and she takes a three-pointer on a fast break and she holds her hands up there right see I when I coach basketball I coach a third and fourth grade girls team and a fifth grade girls team pray for me um and um but one of the things we talk about is when you shoot about everybody ready for this when you shoot right you got to reach into that cookie jar you see what I'm doing there? Reaching to that cookie jar with that hand? Cause you, you gotta finish your shot, right? And so she was doing that, right? And so she, she shot her shot and she held it there, right? For the picture, for the poster to get a picture taken and all that stuff, right? But the problem was this was practice. And so what had happened was while she was doing that, the other team sprinted down and got a layup. Now the coach went irate on this player right? You don't stand there and pose. You got to get back and play defense, right? In high school, you can do that type of thing. But in college, it's a a little bit quicker of a game. And so she kind of, she railed on her in front of all of her teammates, in front of all the other coaches. And so this player thought that her coach hated her. This player thought, this coach doesn't care about me. She doesn't like me anymore. I shouldn't be playing here. I should just go back. You know, I should go back. I should go to a different school. I should play for another team. A couple weeks later, the starting point guard got hurt, so this girl was up. And she played, and she played, and, you know, movie and all that stuff, right? They won the game, and the last second, she was the one that was the difference in the game. And after the game, she went in and sat down with the coach, and the coach encouraged her. It was just one-on-one, the coach encouraged her. And, and the players started laughing. Not laughing, but like just kind of snickered or whatever. And, she, and the coach said, What? And the player said, I thought you hated me. I thought you didn't like me. And the coach looked back at her and said something that I think is awesome. Direct right quote, she said, Do you think I would go horse for a player with no potential? Do you think I would go horse for a player with no potential? And when I think about where Summit is right now, when I think about the last 11 months, we're a month away from a year old as a church. And and when I think about how, you know, there's this kind of uh again, we're gonna kind of get real and vulnerable a little bit this morning, if that's okay. There's this honeymoon period, right? There's this honeymoon period, and that's starting to kind of and we're starting to things are starting to kind of get real and, and 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 things like that. And, and and when when I think about where we are, the worst thing that we could do for each other is be passive. Because here's what I believe. If you're sitting here this morning, and you're breathing, check on the person next to you, make sure that's so. If you're sitting here this morning and you're breathing, you have potential. You have potential. You, not, you may not be able to reach into the cookie jar and hit threes. You may not be able to you know, do all of that. You may not be able to teach kids and, 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 and you know, stu- stuff like that. But, but you have potential somewhere in the kingdom of God. And I believe, I believe, I believe it is the church's Job. It is the church's mission. It is the church's commission to help you reach and achieve, and even far pass your potential. So, real, not bashing, but in my experience, we've stunk at that. Not 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 just summit, but. I is one, so I can talk about them. But pastors and churches and church leaders are professionals at status quo. And not helping the people sitting in the seats with uber amounts of potential. If you don't know what uber means, ask your kid or your grandkid. With extreme amounts of potential, just be passive. Just be status quo. Just sit there. One thing you may or may not know about me is that when I was younger, and when I say younger, uh, I, I mean like 8, 9, 10 years old, um, I was a swimmer. And I, I, I enjoyed swimming. I enjoyed uh, swimming. In fact, a lot of times now, I, I, I just think and kind of reminisce about what it was like to be on the blocks, right? And then and then to to get in your starting position and to hear that gun or that bell or whatever, and you just dive off of those blocks, man, what a feeling. But when I first started swimming, there was a problem. You know what that problem was? I couldn't dive. I couldn't dive. I could belly flop really, really well. But when you swim, a belly flop is very counterproductive to your start. Very counterproductive, okay? Some of you guys are getting this image and you just need to stop, okay? Um, but, but, but when I learned how to dive, it transformed my swimming ability. It transformed. I used to love the butterfly. And, and, and some, some people are like, man, if you know anything about swimming, that, that's the worst stroke. But I loved it. I swam butterfly faster than I swam freestyle. Uh, it probably had a little bit to do with my height. But anyway, um, Michael Phelps didn't have anything on me. Nothing. Ten years old. Psh. Anyway. Um, but one thing, one other thing, one other issue I had with swimming was me and the deep end didn't always get along. The deep end and I, we, we weren't really good friends, which helped me because I swam faster at the deep end because I wanted to get out of the deep end and I wanted to get back to where I could stand up and, and, and where I could go. and And you know, Talking about us reaching our potential, i talking about us reaching our potential. And you think about this because because we all have we all have, we all have I believe this with everything in me. We have untapped and unreached potential in our marriages. We have untapped, untapped, and unreached potential in our parent relationships with our kids. You know why? Because we're content just staying in the shallow end. We're content staying where it's comfortable. We're content staying where, you know what, there's no danger. There's no risk. There's, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good right here because I'm comfortable and because this feels good. There's a problem with that. I don't believe that's where God wants you to stay. I don't believe that's where God wants me to stay. I don't believe that's where God wants your marriage to stay. I don't believe that's where God wants your relationship with your kids to stay. In fact, whenever I read Scripture, whenever I read the writings of Jesus and the things that Jesus had to say and Paul had to say to the church, everything pushed deeper. Everything pushed for more. Everything challenged. And, and, if, and, and if you've been a Christian for more than five minutes, you know that God never lets up. I can't tell you how many times in my prayer life I plead to God. Can we take a time out? Can we just enjoy the season for a moment? Can we just press pause and just let all of these things go away? And just and just let me enjoy you for a little bit. And just just let's just just just, just chill. And God's like, that's not what I signed up for. That's not what you signed up for. There's more work to do. There's more. There's more. There's more. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and say, there's more. Oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. Look at your other neighbor and say, that was terrible. And then turn back to your other neighbor and say, there's more. See, I want want more for us. And I want more for you. I want more for this church. And I believe that's where we're heading. There's more. A few weeks ago, I was thinking about the new year. I was thinking about this message. I was thinking about where we were going and yeah and just and just all of that and I thought you know there, there's got to be a word there's got to be a word for the year right and I was and I was thinking you know kind of feeling the pressure of coming up with a word for the year and I was like ah oh, that's stupid let's not come up for a word for the year if you came up with a word for the year that's awesome you know I pray that that's God given and I, I I pray you reach that word and that that it lasted longer than January 2nd but um but, 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 then, but then this past week, Kristen and I were talking and, and she's, she was talking about an article that she had read and, 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 and she just said, you know, she said, I feel like God has given me a word for the church this year. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like, what, 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 would it, what would that be? And she said, deeper. Now I can't tell you because mainly she's sitting in the room, but I had some feelings about that when I first heard it that weren't 100% positive. But then God has just pressed that on me and pressed that on me all week long. And I do believe, you know, this is the first time we're kind of getting to preach outside of Advent around our new vision statement as Summit that we want to glorify God by making disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is not a shallow vision, that is not a status quo vision. That is a vision that calls you to something deeper and greater, more potential. And so if you turn to the book of Ephesians, which is where I want to camp out today, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, you can follow along on the screen. But if you turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, I want us to look at three petitions that Paul gives the church at Ephesus. And from that, I want to talk about three areas in our lives that we need to go deeper today. Not just this year, not just for this year, not just for this month, not just for this week, but for our lives that we need to go deeper. So Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 14. It says this, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, For this reason I bow my knees, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Now I want to press pause real quick. Next week, we're kicking off a series that we're going to be talking through the Lord's Prayer. We're going to go deeper in our communication with God. So, so so, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the Father heart of God. And I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. But Paul kind of alludes to these things and alludes to the supremacy of the Father, the greatness of God the Father here in verses 14 and 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God is an amazing Father. Okay, verse 16 that according to His riches and glory, that He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend, to understand with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God and and I don't know about you but when I read that passage we're going to stop at 19 for just a little bit when I read that passage and I read so that Paul says so that to the church of Ephesus you may be filled with all the fullness of God I don't know about you but that sounds great that sounds awesome like that sounds incredible. Like if, I, like if I'm just sitting here this morning, if I'm coming to church, if I'm doing the things I'm doing and making the efforts and, and, and doing all that stuff so that I can get full, filled maybe half full or quarter full with the fullness of God, that seems like a waste to me in our culture today. Because why would I invest time to only go halfway? Why would I invest time? Why would I invest energy? Why would I do everything that it takes to to, to, to do, to get here, to, to, to all of that, right? If I'm only going to go halfway or do status quo. But Paul says, for the fullness of God, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So again, he gives three petitions here. we got to get moving. And the first petition is this, that all of us, all of us, have an inner man, we have an inner being. We have an inner, inner, inner person, inner being. <laughs> Verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Our inner being needs to be strengthened with his spirit, it needs to be strengthened in with might. I don't know about you, but I know that oftentimes, I look great on the outside. Amen? I mean, we were singing, you were singing a song earlier and my daughter was standing in front of me over here and she turned around and she said, Daddy, I love that shirt. I was like, yeah, you do. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel great on the outside, but inside I'm falling apart. Anybody like me? Okay, I wasn't going to ask you to raise your hands, but very good. Vulnerability, realness, it's awesome. It's a safe place. And we all need to be strengthened. We all need to be strengthened in our inner being. Because you know where the enemy attacks first? Inside. Your heart, your mind, doubts, fears. We all need to be strengthened in our inner being. God will grant us strength. Here's the promise, right? Here's what we read in Ephesians from Paul, that God will grant us this inner strength if we ask for it. And He will give us inner strength according to His riches and His glory by His Spirit. By His Spirit. The second petition that Paul gives Here, the first is that we need to be strengthened in our inner being. The second, if you look at verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's the thing. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, guess what? Jesus is living in your heart. He's in your heart. You're not alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. He's in your heart. He's in your heart. And here's, here's the reality. Faith. 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 This abandoning all reliance and, and trusting Jesus. Faith is the key to having Jesus dwell within our hearts. And here's the third petition. Look at the second part of verse 17 through the end. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. That you may be rooted and grounded in love, to have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. See, rooted give this gives us this this picture of of a tree with these deep roots. Grounded, right? Grounded gives us this picture of a building with a strong foundation. And, And we know that the roots and the foundations deepened greatly into the soil. Paul prays that the Ephesians, that the church at Ephesus here would be rooted and grounded in what? Love. That we'd be rooted and grounded in love. I was having a conversation that I alluded to last Sunday, kind of to, to tease for this Sunday. I was having a conversation about nine days ago that just made, um, it was awesome. It was awesome. It, it marred me. It challenged me. And one of the things that this pastor looked at me and said, he said, We major a lot on faith and we miss love. We miss love. When it comes to each other, right? When it comes to each other, when it comes to our relationships with each other. But if you look at Paul in in 1 Corinthians 13, when he's talking to the church at Corinth, we all know the end of that passage, right? It's read at almost every wedding that we attend, right? But these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. 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 I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I know for some of you in this room, and as I was thinking about this this past week, and I was even on a, I'm even on a text message thread right now that's being, that, that this is being talked about. I don't know about you, but a lot of times, I feel the greatest love, the mo- most love, the deepest love with people outside of the church than inside the church. And the words of Charles Barkley, That's terrible. That breaks my heart. When the church is supposed to be known by how we love each other, right? I mean, I mean, we see that in Scripture, right? We're reading the same Bible. The church ought to be known. They will know you're Christians by the love that you have for me and the love that you have for each other, and yet we experience more love from people outside of the church, and what we experience from people inside the church is gossip, slander, tearing each other down, telling each other we're not worth anything, telling each other we can't do this because, because you don't have the experience, because you're not old enough. What did Paul tell Timothy about that? Don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. And to me... This is an issue. To me, this has to stop. That we have to be rooted and grounded in love. Now, let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's not just love each other, right? Because Pastor Travis told me that I'm supposed to love you, so I'm going to love you, right? No, 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 no. Pause, time out. Before we go down that road, rooted and grounded in a love for Christ. And guess what the fruit of that is? A love for people. Rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, so that we can experience the fullness, the fullness of who God is, the fullness of His love for you, the fullness of His love for me, the fullness of His love for those people that don't know Him yet and are doing all kinds of things. I was was moved yesterday. I went to a funeral, but it wasn't a funeral, it was a celebration. That lasted, like, a long time. You know why it lasted a long time? Because people couldn't stop celebrating this woman. Her name was Jackie Mason. And man, I, I knew Jackie Mason for about 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, well, in the first 15 seconds, she called me handsome. So she was my best friend. But one of the things that one of her granddaughters said yesterday that just made me pause for a moment and even tear up was someone talked about her prayer life. Her granddaughter talked about her prayer life and how her prayer life marked her. And she said and she said that how she had gotten to read some of her prayer journals, which is incredible. I got to have one of my mentor's prayer journals when he left and I went to college. He gave me one of his prayer journals. I still have it in my office. I still open it from time to time and read it and get a picture into his quiet time, into his personal time with Jesus. And there's nothing like that. Nothing like that. So I can imagine what this granddaughter felt when she was reading her, her grandmother's prayer journals and, and, and her heart for, for Jesus. And you know what, what what marked me and what moved me that she prayed for? Two things. And the list was long, but two things that just stood out to me that we complain about a lot in the church. That I hear us complain about a lot in the church. I'm not trying to open a can of worms, but she prayed for people that don't know Christ. And yet in the church, when we look outside of these four walls, we look at people, we, we expect them to act like Christians even though they're not. I can't, I can't expect, I can't expect my daughter to act like a mature adult because guess what? She's not. And she won't be for about 40 more years. (laughs) Second thing that just really stuck out to me that she prayed for, that we complain about a lot, the President and his family. And I thought, wow. No matter who the President is, no matter... You know, you know, I'm quick, I'm quick to be critical. I don't necessarily like that about myself, but I'm quick to be quick to be critical and skeptical, skeptical. Every time I hear a Christian band, I'm like, yeah, are they really legit, or are they just playing the show because they couldn't make it in the secular market?" Right? I'm just quick to be critical, quick to be skeptical, right? I don't necessarily like that about myself, but you know what? I forget sometimes that those people up there on that stage have real families, real lives, real mouths to feed, real responsibilities. And that maybe before I start throwing stones and being critical and skeptical, I ought to pray for them. I wonder if that would change my view on some things. Paul prays that we would be rooted and grounded in love. That the church would be known for this. So, number one, what's our response to these three petitions? Is that we would be root, that we would go deeper in love. That we would go deeper in love. That we would go deeper in our love for Jesus, and that we would go deeper in our love for other people. We've got to long for a deeper love. For God. A man once asked Jesus, Master, what is the greatest commandment in all the law? And Jesus responded to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. So not only long for a deeper love for God, but a deeper love for others. We must long for a deeper love. Love and then third, and then third, number three, under this point that we must long for a deeper love, we must long for a deeper love for the christian life i don 't know about you i don 't know about you, but man, there are parts of me that lo- that, that love being a Jesus person i know I, I know I just uh, really called some things out a moment ago, but you know what there 's nothing like this right here there 's nothing like getting together with eighty and ninety of of your friends and singing about Jesus and talking about Jesus and talking about his word and knowing that if something happened to me there'd be 20 people there and, and or maybe maybe more you know or maybe less but 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 you know that that, that that there's a community there's a community we must long for a deeper love for the church for the christian life First John five verse three says this, "For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome." See, there's a connection between loving God and keeping His commandments. If we love God, we will keep His commandments. If we keep His commandments, we show that we love God. I get to go deeper with Jesus. He invites me to go deeper with Him. So number one, we've got to go deeper. We must long for a deeper love. Number two. Number two. And this is good. We've kind of talked about this already. So we'll try to to fly through the rest of this. But number two. We must long for a deeper understanding of Jesus' love. Christ's love. We must long for a deeper understanding of Jesus' love. Look back at verse 18. He says there, Paul says, May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Paul's no longer dealing with our love, but Christ's love. You know why Paul prays that Christians would comprehend the love of Christ? I mean, certainly, certainly all of us know about the love of Christ. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. But here's the deal. It's a matter of degree. How much do you know? How much do you understand? How deep is your understanding and your knowledge of the love of Jesus for you? See, we must never fall into the error of imagining that because we're Christians, because we're Jesus people, because we attend church, we therefore know everything about Jesus' love for us or for other people. See, Paul stated in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that his great desire was that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death here's the reality we can never we can never understand we can never comprehend everything about the love of jesus this side of heaven we can't you know what that tells me that the christian life is exciting because no matter where you stand no matter where you sit you can always go deeper we're not exempt. We're never exempt. No matter our age, no matter our length of time and our relationship with Jesus, no matter how long we've been going to church, we have never attained everything, the full knowledge, the full understanding, the full comprehension of the love of Christ. There's always a deeper level. There's always a deeper level. There's always a deeper level. See, number three. Number three, let's keep going. Number three, we must long for a deeper experience of the love of Christ. See, there's a difference. There's a difference between comprehend and know. See, to comprehend means to understand mentally. Right? I understand. I understand. I know know the play that the coach drew up. I, I understand. I see it. I get it. I understand. But to know, to know means to know experientially. I, that means I've experienced it. I ran it. I did it. I know what this is going to result in, and what this is going to, what what this is going to amount to. I know. I don't just comprehend it. I know it in my heart because I've experienced it. And similar to our knowledge of God. See, Job verse 11, I mean Job chapter 11, verses seven through nine, says this: "Can you find out deeply the things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than heaven." What can you do? It's deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. I love Isaiah 55 um, where he says, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth are His thoughts and His ways from our thoughts and our ways. God is not unknowable, but He's so great that He cannot be completely known this side of heaven. He's not unknowable But He's so great that He cannot be completely known this side of heaven. And the love of Jesus is not unknowable. But it's so great that it cannot be completely known this side of heaven. It surpasses knowledge. So how do we reach more of our potential? How do we go deeper? Right? We press in. But there's two things that keep us. From going deeper. Doubt. And fear. If you look back at Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 say this. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To Him who was able to do far more than we could ever ask, or imagine, or think. To Him be the glory. To Him be the glory. So I want to go back to this conversation that I had with my friend Marcus last Friday. And I was telling him about you, because we, we talk about once a year, maybe once every other year. I think this was the first conversation he and I had had in two years. We met for coffee, and so he was asking me, you know, about you and about the church. And he had seen on the Facebook, because that's where we get all of our news, right? That we had changed our name, and so he had questions about that. And he was telling me all that God's doing. He's the Loon, if you've ever been to Loon Mountain, he's the Loon Mountain chaplain. And if you've ever been on top of Loon Mountain, at the top of the gondola, you've seen that outdoor amphitheater. He's the one that gets to preach in that outdoor amphitheater 28 Sundays out of the year which I don't struggle with that or stumble with that whatsoever since I'm a mountains guy um, and want him to break his legs and need to fill in more than anything. But anyway, and so we were talking just about our churches and struggles that he's having and, 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 and all, all of that, all of that. And so I was telling him about the story of South Summit and South Coast and South Gorham coming together. And I told him the story of a guy named Rick Oshner. Many of you know Rick. And, and I said I was telling him how, you know, Years ago, like 100 years ago, how Rick was the associate pastor at at South Gorham. And then he had gone to pastor another church for over 20 years. And then he'd shown up one day when I was here at the church and wanting to mentor me. And so then we started mentoring. And then this this whole merger thing happened. And he was able to be an integral part of that and know it from both sides and be able to shepherd me and shepherd our church kind of through that on a deeper level. And Marcus said something in response to that that floored me. He said, you know what? He said, there are days that I doubt God. And I was like, oh, are you allowed to say that? You're a pastor. Are you, are you, is that okay? And he looked at me and he said, there are days that I doubt God. And then I hear stories like that and I know that God is undeniably real and powerful and active in our lives. And I was like, Yeah. Me too. Because I've never doubted God through this whole thing. Never. Not once. And I'm glad that you can see it my way, Marcus. That's really good. And I, just, I didn't say all that, but I just kind of shook my head in understanding, but my insides were just shattered. Yeah. Yeah. There are days I doubt God. There are days, no, back up. There have been days, there have been days that I've doubted that this glorified God. Not after that conversation. I know that this was the glory of God. But, I wish I could finish with that. But in the last nine days, I'll be honest with you, and I don't, I don't need emails, oh, pastor, you're great. I don't need you to talk to me in between services. You're great. God and I are working this out. But in the last nine days, I've doubted that I'm your guy. I've doubted that I know enough that I have enough experience, that I'm strong enough to pastor right now with this thing. Because it's scary. You're scary. No offense. And I've dealt and dealt, I was on my way to the funeral yesterday In my mind, I told you I was going to get vulnerable. In my mind, writing my resignation letter. Because I just doubt that I can do this. And as I sat there at that funeral yesterday, you know what I realized? Something Pastor Rick told me about a year and a half ago. When he was laying flat on a hospital bed, staring at the ceiling. Travis, you can't do this. This is God's. And you just have to trust Him. Easy for you to say. But you know what? When we go deeper with Jesus, that is what it takes, isn't it? Because there's an enemy that doesn't want you to go deeper. And he wants to fill your mind with all the doubt and all the fear and all the insecurity that He can fill you with—that say, oh, "I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the guy. Oh, this is. This is too hard for me. This is too big for me. This is too tough for me." And I don't. I don't tell you that for pity. Again, I tell you that so that you know I'm real, and that this message that I'm preaching this morning, God preached to me all week even up to this morning. Lois asked me if I was okay right before the service started. I don't know. She's like, that's not convincing. Yeah, now you understand why. But when doubt, fear, insecurity come, you know what that means? You're probably in the right place. Just keep going deeper. Keep going deeper. Keep going deeper. In verse 20 and 21, again, Paul said, filled with all the fullness of God, now to Him, who is able to do far more than all that we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen here's my question for you this morning twofold number one where's God calling you deeper where's God calling you deeper don't just stand in the shallow water I'm telling you and not and not not for me like not for me. I don't want you to get out of the shallow end for me. That's that's not my heart. I want you to get out of the shallow end because I know everything that you're missing out on by not going deeper. I was swimming with the kids the other day, and and when, when we were on on our little getaway, and I, I was swimming with them, and Ezra, my little three year old, he got so comfortable jumping off of the 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 the, the side of the pool in the three foot. And, and so I took him to the forefoot and I said, hey, I want you to jump off right here. And he wouldn't do it. He was too scared, right? He wouldn't do it unless I held one of his hands and he was too scared. But I said, buddy, you don't know how awesome it's going to feel when you jump in right here. It's going to feel so much cooler than when you jumped in over there. And then and then he did it one time. And the smile on his face and the joy that he experienced was unreal, And as a father, I looked at him and I was like, you want to do it again? (laughs) Yeah, daddy, let's do it again. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Guys for life, right? Bros for life. when you're not pressing deeper, you're missing out on an abundance of God's love for you. An experience. Is it hard? Yeah. Is there doubt? Sure. Is there fear? I'm not going to minimize it. There is. But man, it's awesome. Where are you comfortable? And where do you need to press deeper? Will you pray with me? God, I thank You that we can bring it all to the table. I thank You that there's a seat for us at the table. I thank you that it's nothing you haven't seen before. Our doubt, our fear, our insecurity, our failure, the past letdowns, the bitterness, the anger, the struggle, uh, we can bring it to the table. And God, I pray this morning that we would take the waiters off God, I pray this morning that we would ditch the life vest, that we would ditch the comfort, that we would ditch the security, that we would ditch the temptation to be in control. And God, that our prayer this year, this week, today, God, that our prayer just just from now forward, God, we want to go deeper. God, I want to fall deeper in love with You. God, I want to fall deeper in love with Your Son. I want to reflect Him in ways that I can't even imagine yet. And God, I want to be filled with Your Spirit so that by the power of Your Spirit, God, when the doubt comes, when the fear comes, when the enemy tries to throw something in the way to derail me, God, I can step on Him. I can rebuke Him. God, give us a confidence that can only come from you. And God, may we, through your power, as your church, this year go deeper than we've ever imagined. In Jesus' name I pray, make it so. Amen.